Hey man, don't have a crab. It's only every Saturday morning, man. Oh, that was a much beloved cartoon character we'll get to in a second. How's it going? <laughs> Morning, everybody. I'm Adam Fair. And I'm Dusty Griffin. And uh, you know, Adam, I've been thinking. Woo! I know that might surprise you. What is going on in that mind of yours? I've just been thinking about 1990. What an experimental year it was. Well, I was experimenting. You know, how? <laughs> I'd well, love to get into it. Everybody's what like, what's Fox Kids going to do? I oh, don't that, know. Yeah, oh, we can talk about that too. Yeah, wild card, wild card. <laughs> and anyway, all hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Oh, uh, you mean the effort that went into making these right. shows? Sure. Typical. Uh, on, the, on the other side of the fence, we tend to just kind of talk out of our ass about our favorite cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> Go through the history of every Saturday morning. I'm not going to be going all easy this week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going in all out of my ass. I can't. Uh, I can't. So it's 1990. Where were you in 1990, Dusty? Uh, I would have been a uh, freshman in high school. See, when you wore a young man's clothes. Total nerd. Um, I had like... Had a, I had the retainer. I had the quads that give you a gap in your teeth. Okay. I was wearing like... uh, what are the jeans like skids or the you know the oh nice the big legged things and uh mm-hmm. wearing skateboard gear what were you where were you doing let's see i'm i'm 10 i'm at <laughs> uh blue lake elementary having a bad time oh really uh but luckily i look like the kid that gets molested from happiness but you know with glasses so <laughs> I'm real popular. <laughs> uh, so I'm watching a lot of these shows. You really paint a picture. <laughs> but hey, had I been listening to non-novelty albums in 1990, I probably would have heard one of these top albums. Depeche Mode's Violator. Boy, that really puts that last thing I said in <laughs> Pixies, Bossa Nova, Megadeth, Rest in Peace. Rest in Peace. Jane's Addiction, Ritual de la Habitual. <laughs> that's, that's their uh, uh, classic ultimate album, right? It did really well, apparently. And uh, Cocktail Twins, Heaven or Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, since we're talking about NBC, we got to talk about their top shows. Qu- quick, I run, love this part. Quick run of hits to put you uh, where the channel is at this point. We got The Fresh Prince, which will become very relevant throughout oh my this God. podcast. Everybody loved that show. Blossom. Everybody loved that show. Everybody loved that show. Ferris Bueller. Everybody loved that movie. Everybody did. Not the show so much. Matlock. Law and Order. Unsolved Mysteries. Everybody still loves Matlock. (laughs) Dear John. Yeah. Dear John. (laughs) So long, John. For for everybody that tunes in just to hear me badly sing the theme songs. (laughs) They wish they could pull a quantum leap, but not into The Cosby Show, because then they'd end up in Night Court, and it would be a different world. Yeah. Of course, we would say cheers. Oh, he's good at this. Boy, this bit really has wings. He did this Seinfeld. at my wedding. It was amazing. L.A. Law. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Golden Girls, Empty Nest, and Parenthood. The first time they tried to make the movie show with Ed Bagley Jr. and Leo DiCaprio. Oh, wow. The first time, he said. So, some something really interesting I wanted to highlight. Um, especially on NBC, because this affected their channel out of all of them. Uh, so, 
there used to be these things called laws that uh, stated that television networks couldn't own the television series they were showing. They, they, they had to be created by somebody else, you know, to avoid a conflict of interest and to uh, adhere to a more... Uh, different to, you know more different viewpoints were on tv basically through this means uh but luckily in 1990 that went away so nbc production starts in 1990 oh wow so first thing they do cancel alf the uh the live action <laughs> live action alf uh they begin a show called the fresh prince and they start eliminating animation oh no. they want to get rid of it so that will make these cartoons pretty interesting Knowing that they have a reaper hanging over them. <laughs> Speaking of reapers, <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning. Oh God! Rest in peace, Camp Candy. Mm -hmm. Season two of three, the Deke Show with Saban and World Vision Incorporation. Yeah, this yeah. was like a sin of all sins. I watched the first season episode, so oh whoops! Well, you no. know what? You won't notice much of a difference. Uh. Because they both starred John Candy, Louis Arquette, you know, the father of the famous Arquette kids. Uh, I don't want to name him. Uh, Valerie Broomfield, who was a uh, tender from Witch's Night Out. Uh, and who was also in Who's Harry Crumb. That's the John Candy connection. Uh, Miss, uh, she was also Miss Pruda in Nothing But Trouble, another John Candy connection. This also featured Danny Mann, Tony Ale, Tom Davidson, Danielle Fernandez, William, Jonathan, William Johnson, Andrew Seabaron, Chiara Zanni, Gary McPherson, and of course Cree Summer, um, as a as a as a camp. Because a picture ain't a picture without Cree Summer. That's true. She's a you know what she's she's a really good voice artist. Probably the best one on on Camp Candy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What's your relationship with John Candy? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I've seen when you, when you think of John Candy, who do you, what movie do you think of immediately? I saw Planes, Trains, and Automobiles at the theater. Oh, me too. Oh man, that's a classic, right? I think that was the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater. I probably saw many before. Mm -hmm. I saw Uncle Buck in the theater. Uncle Buck, you know? yeah, that's fantastic. I was thinking of Uncle Buck a lot while I was watching this because mm -hmm. the character kind of reminds me a little of Uncle Buck, but he, mostly summer rental. He seems like at least he's trying pretty hard here. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of wants this to work. Don't uh, you think this whole camp ran by John Candy would have been better if this were live action? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Because then we could have gotten more, you know, goofiness from John Candy. And this feels like very precise, I don't know, there's no sense of spontaneity in Camp Candy at all. It's very well-planned, mild lunacy. Yeah, well-planned, that's the thing. Him and somebody sat and came up with this, I can see that. Uh, Adam, can I just like a broad topic real quick? Mm -hmm. I've seen worse art. Oh, like uh, what the designs of the characters and the animation for second uh, frames per second. You know, see, and, I thought the animation was fine, but the yeah. drawings kind of lacked. And I like really hate. I hated the wild takes on this show. Like anytime anybody was like, Nyah! anybody when they you know freak. If you go like to an, Acme, like an anime, if you go to Acme University, you would go to Wild Take class where you learned how to make your eyes big in surprise. And they tried on this show, but they, it's not a squashy, stretchy universe, so it, it's really not consistent with the anatomy. So it looks really like they're in pain every time they freak out. Ugh! Oh God, my eyes! 
Because they don't really get comically big. They just get weirdly you big. You should get that checked out. I feel Doc sick. Stomp them back in. <laughs> I see his retinas. <laughs> uh. So I watched the episode Scare Package where John Candy's got something in his pants. <laughs> the gang are watching monster movies and uh, the nerdy Iggy scare imagines himself and the rest of the cast into a spooky haunted house so none of this matters a monster mask falls on greg the little one and he frightens everyone into poor wild takes iggy gets eaten by a bear rug but is digested through a hole in the floor he then goes down a twisty tube until he's poured out a teapot held by a polka dotted claw into a mad scientist's electric chair seen it uh (laughs) dr horrible who's john puts monster masks on the kids turning them into their evil goosebumpy selves um iggy is freed but dumps hot wax on the mad doctor and turns him into a bowling trophy zing uh in reality the film ends and everybody goes to bed for tomorrow is iggy's birthday and the poor nerd gets no sleep somehow iggy receives a bunch of scary masks in the mail and becomes convinced dr horrible is in camp he's really stupid for the character with glasses and everyone's sending him secret messages. It's just like Pizzagate. Uh, he buries the mask, but John's suspicious. Greg trips, delivering toilet paper, and Iggy thinks he's seeing a mummy. This idiocy continues, with Iggy seeing creatures and ghouls all over, misinterpreting the obvious, uh, and also had the plans for his monster-themed birthday party. Boy, they picked a bad kid to pull a murder mystery on. Why would he want that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, does he have the... Um, pick the one with the heart he's having a bad trip man he screams so loudly during the surprise at the end that he blows the roof up and deflates into a puddle of white goo Yikes. disturbing we've all been there um you, <laughs> you know what i love salute your shorts mm-hmm. like so i'm not saying like your dumb little camp show can't be great <laughs> i just felt like this one was really really just underwhelming mm-hmm yeah, you know, I don't know. They were just trying to get something together. John Candy had the idea, I guess. What would be a other than live action? Where would be another funny place to stick John Candy for a kid show? I like to see CG John Candy. That'd be hilarious. oh no, <laughs> he's yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Buy vacuums, kids. <laughs> you know, uh, Adam. So I watched um, I watched an episode where uh, they met a Sasquatch. I actually mm. watched the first episode. And, they meet uh, Sasquatch in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. shooting their camp wad. He's did he? Did he look like uh, John Candy the way the bear in the opening credits looks like John Candy? Kind of. Now that you mention it, <coughs> I don't know. It, his name was Smallfoot, and he was stealing, he was stealing uh, stuff. He stole a boombox, which I didn't think was very topical. <laughs> this is nineteen ninety. Not radical. Right? Yeah, exactly. Nineteen eighty nine. I guess people still had in fight the power they had boom boxes but whatever this feels like a disc man kind yeah. of situation but you know what i, wanted, I understand what i wanted to talk to you about though was their villains oh the reoccurring bad guys on the show yeah how re- would you describe what they are rex deforest the third what does he want to do <laughs> yeah well, I, he wants to plant trees i got a feeling he wants to deforestate toxin jake saw him off but he's what what rex uh Rex has like a James Bond villain uh, Spectre camp. You know what I'm saying? Like he's got a high tech uh, lair and stuff. Oh, across, yeah, on the other side of the lake. Yeah. Where where the evil fat camp should be or whatever yeah, instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, you know, that kind of reminded me of Clerks a little bit. Remember how they had that arch villain that lives across the oh, street? Oh, you're right. 
<laughs> well played, clerks. It's like, why is that their arch nemesis? It's he so just... needlessly based on nothing, a perceived slight. Yeah. It's kind of perfect for a problem. Classic. Love that stuff. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I only gave this uh, three three out of five stars. Three candies? Yeah, I, I rated everything this week. And I gave this three stars because I felt like the animation was strong. John Candy tried. It's uh, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. You know, of course, like I said, I was watching... <laughs> that would be nothing but trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Couldn't think of another worse John Candy movie. Mm-hmm. There certainly Mr. Bone one. Stripper. Right, that's the one. <laughs> I right? like that movie. <laughs> I'm thinking this was probably made off of the popularity of The Great Outdoors from 1988, where John Candy takes his family mm-hmm. camping. And hilarity you, ensues. You gotta be, you gotta be right, because this would have started in '89, and uh, so therefore, there you go. But I'm trying to think: would there be a better comedian as a camp counselor? They'd Gilbert not, Godfried. <laughs> nah, I'm with you. I think this could have worked on the right. You know, I think live action sense. this would have been funnier. Yeah, yeah, it would have been tough to pull off on Saturday morning, but still, if anybody could have done it, it would have been better. Nick than Nickelodeon could pull it off. Uh, Wagons East, no uh, Wagons East. Whatever his. Uh... Oh, Canadian bacon. <laughs> no, no. Are we talking about his final films? Yes, yeah, final rescuers film. down under. And, uh, and the one follow wagon, that bird it was wagons east wasn't it that was the last one yeah yeah that's what i was saying like, it, they could it would have been better than that is what i'm saying a live action version of this yeah they should have made wagons east a cartoon in this live action. yes oh man there's, there's the the through line we're, we're looking for i'm sorry we can't go back in time <laughs> also i kind of wish uh john candy versus jason Voorhees. that would have been oh, pretty funny man, yeah whoa what about your mother? How about we take this on the ice? Because he's Canadian. <laughs> Listen, uh, confi- confidentially, Jason. I would love to see a Friday the 13th where some Canadian type John Candy surrogate insists Jason wants to play hockey. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just keeps trying to like do things with hockey and it is not working. Polka, but he gets polka. pulled away each time so he doesn't die. <laughs> Well, anyway, we'll have a couple more shots at, at <laughs> That'll Camp be Candy. Freddy versus Jason, too. Fre- Freddy will be sending Freddy in John Candy Jason. and be like, I'm not strong enough yet. <laughs> right? That's how we'll bring John back in CG. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of bringing things back in CG, at 8.30, it's Captain N and Super Mario Brothers 3. What a, what a confusing title. Captain N. He's the game master. It, but not over the Super Mario Brothers so much. No. Uh, so this is season two of three and season two of three. <laughs> that adds up. The the Deke show about uh, Kevin Keen and his dog Duke who gets sucked into the world of Nintendo, sort of. And Kevin uses his lightsaber gun to protect Video Land, I guess, not Nintendo Land, and the gameless Princess Lana from Metroid's mother brain. The end team consists of Mega Man, Kid Icarus, and Simon Belmont from Castlevania, who's in Zap Brannigan mode. Season 2 introduces yeah. giant supercomputer Game Boy with the voice of Frank Welker. Starring Matt Hill. Oh, is that where that damn Game Boy comes yeah. from? Okay. Starring Matt Hill, who is Ed on Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Gary Chalk, Optimus from Beast Wars and Machines. Yes, Gary Chalk rules. Ian James Corlett, who is Goku. Michael Donovan, uh, Alessandro Giuliani, Andrew Cavadas, Doug Parker, Levi Stubbs, and Venus Terzo. Um, 
So yeah, Game Boy. That's that's the episode I watched, and boy oh boy, is Game Boy awesome. Uh, so Game Boy starts with an interdimensional warp opening. It happens every 1,000 video years, which I don't know how that adds up. That means every other week. It happens yeah. every 13 weeks again for some reason. That's, that's one amount <laughs> of how rerun, long it takes to beat nin, uh, Ninja Turtles. Or the rerun to come back through. And the missing king shows up finally and explains how he'd rather send uh, home, uh, help back home than return. Uh, so he beams in Game Boy, who he swears is like a son to the king. This is where this gets weird. To a nearby satellite. Uh, Mother Brain uh, watches in jealousy, sending her two morons to intercept, which they do by shooting corn at Captain N's mobile thingamajig. Said corn is returned up the bumbling duo's ship's corn chute, immobilizing uh-huh. them with popcorn. Immobilizing them with popcorn? Can that happen? Can't move! Game Boy's batteries are loaded up the ass, and he's uh, revealed to be a Frank Welker supercomputer. So it's, you know, he sounds like the Easter Bunny from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Game Boy joyously breaks all of his non-Nintendo regular toys and suggests you do the same. And the gang chases him (laughs) into burger time. No! (laughs) Flippin' Burger's the end game who I'm never going to refer to as the in-gang again, <laughs> gives Chase dressed as the yeah. evil food and shoot ketchup at the sprightly human-sized gaming device. What is this about? Captain N disables Game Boy until they can decide how to use him, but ultimately wish to contact the king again. Mother Brain once again sends her Rocksteady and Bebop after Game Boy, yeah. who is thrilled to go play some games. They leave the super obvious He's clue. He's the worst. He's the worst. They've ruined him worse than any character. Don't want Did me to you forget. watch this episode? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> Are you familiar with Game Boy's voice? I, I just wanted to not forget that, Adam. That okay. They've ruined Mega Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can get through all of them. Uh, they, they leave the super obvious clue of plans <laughs> and return to Metroid. Game Boy is turned naughty by Dr. Wily. <laughs> Who isn't? And uh, Cat... <laughs> The captain in a tears ventured to rescue uh, Mother Brain. With my brain and his games, I'll be the master of Video Land. Uh, spoiler: Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to say that part. Game Boy is is uh, sickened, is sicked on his formal. Fr- he was sickened by his formal friends. They're so weak, but he also sicked on them, and uh, he now looks like Jailbot from Super Jail. Uh, and the gang is split up searching for Game Boy to the tune of a Monster Mash parody called The Freak. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, and there's no freak. There's no freak. There's they no, did the freak. There's no freak. Duke the Pup pulls the plug and causes bad boy malfunctions. Uh, who turns into Game Boy, spinning Mother Brain's jar into oblivion, I guess, instead of imprisoning and putting oh, her in no. jail. They spin me away, but at least they didn't take me into jail. <laughs> They just go home. That'll teach her. We made her dizzy. Uh, Game Boy is welcomed home. Why? And puts his hat on backwards because he's so cool. Game Boy sucks. Why? He sucks. He sucks. They this is the worst animated version of Game Boy. Has I mean, it, not Game Boy. I, I, I'm, I'm of the Game Boy character? No, no. As a character? Anthropomorphized? I'm getting ahead of I'm myself. Not I'm getting ahead right of myself. Old. The Game Boy looks weird. It looks kind of like Bemo, didn't it? Oh. <laughs> cool. A I'm sure a coincidence. <laughs> but that's what, it, uh, that's what it reminded me of. Oh, totally. Except Bemo 
has a hilarious voice, or is this is like that is Mr. Cool from Happy Days practically? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> did you want to talk? Uh, how do we how do we approach this? Like, do we talk about the characters first, or the or the execution? Oops, excuse me. You want to talk about the execution? Um, sure, sure. However, you want to break it down, because this is this will be you know one of three chances to talk about Captain N specifically, so we can. We can cover characters, I think, on the first season that we get, and now we can kind of cover what was the other thing you wanted to get into? <laughs> how they how they <laughs> yeah. deliver this thing? Oh, the execution. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the execution. I mean, you know. so Interesting. That's a good place to start. Camp Candy had some issues in execution, for instance. Sure. You know what I mean? But um, actually, the execution in this is not all that bad. Like, uh, actually, I, I thought the art, I might have just been on Helium this week. But uh, I thought the art was pretty darn good, you know. I mean, Mega Man sucks, but he he looked good. He looked consistent. Yeah, there's not too many animation errors, I guess. Of course, this this combines uh, real uh, footage only for a second at the beginning, right? Yeah, they kind of use the elements of the systems more as like transitional elements and every now and then a a sound effect. Yeah, just a a touch of Saved by the Bell. Inner screen, <laughs> sure. You know? And then every now and again, uh, like, do you mean execution isn't how video games are portrayed within, like, Burger Time in the story I just held? Didn't quite look like the game, yeah. and they put on egg costumes and none of these. Ketchup. None of these do. You know, they're all a little off. Like, well, the fact know. that they don't go to to Mario World in the first episode made me kind of go, I don't know. I don't know what's going That's on. That's where I'd here. go. They got Kid Icarus though. Kid Icarus, I was like, that's an obscure one to make into this because it's not like they made the first game I love, but it wasn't super available. I didn't get to play it until it was like a nostalgia kick when I found it. Yeah, nobody had it. You had to rent it. I loved it too, you know. But it's it, fun game. It's on that retro NES thing they got. You can't do anything but hate this character though. <laughs> I don't. Wanna, I don't. Wanna What's Ravicus? Yeah, help us, you magicus. They didn't. Yeah, he's a snarf level. They, so they made a hateable Mega Man. They made what's a wrong, hateable... Now, what's wrong with Mega Man? The fact that he's like a schlubbed out little he's guy. He's a schlub. He's a schlub. Or the, that voice. He's never been portrayed like this in any I other... I need to go on a mega diet. Yeah, yeah. This <clears throat> is this is before they got the concentrated look of Mega Man down. And I don't understand how it happened, to be honest with you. But Yeah, out of all the video licenses, you think they'd be like, hey, we gave you Mega Man, and what, you turned him into a... Yeah, a drunk. He looks like Plastic Man's assistant. He's <laughs> dumped out. He does. should have a Hawaiian shirt on. His eyes are like really far apart, and he's just like, "Oh no, <laughs> I was up mega late." <laughs> he just look. He looks terrible. This is the worst. Uh, this is the worst animated portrayal of Mega Man. Ever, I gotta hit ever. the. I gotta hit the Mega Head. Yeah, but it doesn't. I'm, <laughs> again, I'm not saying it looks bad. The art is not bad. No, it's, they it's stick just, with that choice. Yeah, I'll give that. That's what this. That's this uh, Captain N in a nutshell. They stick with the choices they made initially to the fault and to the best. And there's not a lot of. What are the highs of this show? Like going to other, like seeing other games mix in together. But like, this is not. Do ha- they ever do it in a way where you're like, oh yeah, like it's always. I've like, always they, wanted they to They never see. really go to Metroid. You don't spend time. Characters aren't like, we're in Metroid, and then they go through a, a level. 
Mm. That doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't understand. It's they like, just have amalgamation theater. It's like, it's like, a, <laughs> it's like a, a bet hedging, Adam. It's like they didn't even have the rights to their own stuff somehow. You know what I mean? Like, what's yeah, going on understand. there? I don't It doesn't make any sense. They go to Donkey Kong World, I think, at some point, and that just yeah. Did, oh, yeah, translates right. weird. Oh, you know what? I, I did watch that one, I believe. Uh, did they, like, rip his toenails off or something he was insane? Huge. He was huge, something right? Something insanely gross happened. But again, he was off from what we know right yeah. <laughs> well know? we're marred by that previous version we saw yeah yeah so with I, the giggles or whatever his problem was i was so <laughs> I, I would categorize this as a cartoon that looks pretty good it's fairly well constructed but it's just off it's just not fun it's not uh you know you what know, it is what I'm is just it? realizing what? It is the Ready Player One of animated oh, series. Oh, yeah, it is. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, it did its little thing, which was by the numbers, fine. But just including things did not make for better entertainment. You're right. You're right. It, it, you're right. Those cameos did not Thank make Thank you, folks. Money. Yeah. <laughs> if oh, you awesome. agree, if not, you're like, whatever. Just some other little side <laughs> notes I had, Adam. Uh, I noticed that they, their music a lot of times sounds like a Muzak version of Michael Jackson's hits. Yeah, what's up? You know, like... Be a, they, well, I liked it when I heard video game music. Yeah. And they played awful shit. Oh, as I'm, also, I want to pose this question to you. Um, is this how you pictured Simon Belmont? <laughs> See, luckily, I didn't play Castlevania. Jeez. So I was like, oh, all right. He reminded me of the very brash young man from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's that Reggie Mantle type character again. You mean the, the Cavalier? Yeah, yeah, the very Cavalier one. <laughs> He's the best. Whatever his occupation was. Everybody loved the Cavalier, right? He got a shield. I did. He got a shield. Six-year-old me wanted him to be my friend. He was awesome, dude. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I was there with him. <laughs> I just thought he was cool, which is gay little kid for dreamy, I guess. Because you don't know what else to do. Yeah. So I gave this a three point five, as in if they could have just focused a little bit, I think it could have been a four. Yeah, that's how I feel about the wizard the same way. Oh, the yeah. super. I'm You're trying right. to segue into Super Mario Brothers three. You're guess. right. But it also felt lacking. Oh, yeah, you're right, Adam. Um, I'm, I ever... <laughs> I'm glad you said three, first of all, because right. I'm interested in how it's, you know, why they even chose to say that. Yeah, since we're talking about the next part of the show, which was episodes of the second series of Mario cartoons, titled The Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3, which is so <laughs> weird. There is no Mario 2 show. Where do you live, three? <laughs> This is the clone of the other show, but Mario they killed the second show. one. I would watch a Mario T show. Deke, you're crazy, and they made only thirteen of these. Oh, it's Deke. Yeah, right. So I guess three is what? Okay, so Super Mario Brothers three. They made the Wizard, the movie about it, basically. Yeah, yeah. And here, here's what I think would. I think they should. I think they should remake the Wizard. Only this time, turn the Nintendo Mania up to twenty, like. <laughs> There's a scene, like, you know that scene where the dad's suddenly kind of gotten into it and they're playing it in the hotel? It should be like that everywhere. Everybody should have Nintendo incorporated into their life constantly. So it's a sickness, like, it's really rampant. Mm. Adults and kids are all insane. Yeah, like, they have to do it to shower and stuff. Like, (laughs) if you don't don't play it. It should be constant Nintendo. It's just, uh, you're... 
it's it'd be just almost a, a black a, mirror episode. a world of people working around having to play this play games all the time to do other stuff so they just have all these workarounds i just think that would be hilarious man uh so i saw that in the theater because i was like mario 3 is gonna be at the end and i must see a couple seconds yeah did you see the wizard in theaters or on tape uh, you know, I, I, I probably saw it in the theater. Yeah. Um, Adam, can I take two seconds to air my biggest gripe with the Wizard while be, we're it has talking to be about three? Because <laughs> it's Mario three. No. Oh, can I take can I take Super Mario three seconds to, yeah. to vent about the Wizard? <laughs> what I hate about the Wizard is that its video game accuracy is so poor. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. they show the kid and he's playing Double Dragon and it's on the intro screen yeah. and, and he's mashing buttons and they're like, he's up to 20,000. It's pretty crazy. And they show him on Ninja Gaiden and he's like, he's on his second pass through and he's already doing the jump. They're just talking. You know, first, this kid is just mashing buttons. Yeah, and, the amount of talks they must have not had could have easily yeah they could have like only having mash buttons when the intro's done or like also why does a warp zone give you an advantage in, in that that the tournament? night that runs faster than the other nights on the board <laughs> yeah why i've never seen anything traced that would make no sense so i loved it when i was a kid but anytime i saw it again it was like well because you were just you didn't see video games on tv yeah, or in yeah. movies except maybe cloak and dagger the, yeah what was another one i can't really think that scene in National Lampoon's vacation when it's Pac-Man for a moment. Do not eat. <laughs> Don't eat. Stop eating the car, Rusty. Um, but, Sorry, I didn't mean to take this off track. <laughs> no, right? no, I was totally going to br- mention the wizard because that's... You got Mario 3 so big, there's a whole commercial, a whole cynical commercial theater film com- that came out to advertise it. So Mario 3 Mania is big. Everybody wanted it. I don't think I owned it right away, but I rented it a hundred times. Everybody owned it. It was like the best of the violent films. You didn't have to buy it quite right away. Everybody else owned it. I remember it being expensive, you know, right? Yeah, it was, like, it was, it was a $40 game. Yeah, yeah. So I remember my parents being like, we're not buying that. Mm-hmm. $40. It was a good game. Fantastic game. You know? The kids were always playing it. If you knew somebody with a Nintendo, they were playing Mario 3 mm-hmm. after they came out. I don't remember really any other game after that people playing. They weren't really playing Road Rage like in The Wizard, but... It's so bad. That cool kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, would you have would you have rather have seen a Super Mario Brothers 2 cartoon? <laughs> yes, I like to. It's so weird. I was like, where's War? And we all know it's not it was not born as a Super Mario game. It was born as like a dream. Yeah, so they could have done a whole Twin Peaks thing where Mario's yeah. constantly like, I'm not Mario. I've played I'm wrong. <laughs> I've played and beaten 2 so many times, I can't even say. You know, I love 2. I think 2 was the first Mario game I beat, because I couldn't beat 1 to help. You know, no way. It was too hard. Mm -hmm. It was an endurance test. And then 3 became a a whole 2 days, maybe, with your friends. It was a whole new thing. Yeah, it it really did change the game. Yeah, it did. It was Um, was gorgeous. You know, it was was everything they thought it was. I I thought that, that it was what brought down Wizard. (laughs) <laughs> but maybe I'm looking too far into it. So this star, uh, this show starred uh, Walker Boone and Tony Rosato as uh, Mario Luigi. Tracy Moore, who played Peach, but she, you might know her as Sailor Moon. Uh, John Stalker as Toad, but he was beastly on Care Bears. Uh, Harvey Atkin was Koopa, but he was also Sam on Sam and Max. I'll get those plumbers. 
Uh, so the the difference between this and the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, I guess, is there's no Captain Lou Albino <laughs> introducing the cartoons. Yeah. So we just go straight to the action. Koopa's Doom ships have returned with his illegitimate children. Whoa. And for whatever reason, they've changed their names for the Saturday morning iteration of their story. Their names are now Cheatsy, Bully, Big Mouth, Kooky, Hip and Hop, and Cootie Pie. Ew. Yuck. Unlike the kids' names, more elements from the game are pronounced heavier than in the previous installment. So I guess there's lots of feather grabbing and bouncy music cubes that float in the air. (laughs) And the hills have eyes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Raccoon tails. Uh, Did you watch any episode in particular? Because the one I watched was pretty nuts and infamous. Uh, no, I didn't write it down. So, uh, tell, tell me about the one you watched, sure. Adam. I watched Cootie Pie Rocks. <laughs> Everybody's dressed up to go to Earth, except Peach, who's so excited she slides down the banister in her favorite musical group's t-shirt, Millie Vanilli. Really? <laughs> Gets better. A, sp- awesome. a spying, not Iggy, responds uh, <laughs> by telling an angry Cootie Pie who's throwing a hissy fit, uh, much to Bowser's headache. She's overjoyed at the thought of holding the band by their throats. <laughs> Bowser tells Cheesy they gotta go kidnap America's favorite band. Uh, we cut to a crowded, screaming, busy, filled concert in New York City where the Mario Brothers complain about the noise. Okay, so this is the Millie Vanilli concert. Here's my note. In the original airing, Millie Vanilli's hit Blame It on the Rain was sung at their concert. Weird Al's parody was the plumbing song. In reruns on the DVD, the song is changed to the Captain N instrumental track Mega Move. So what we see now on stage is Millie Vanilli <laughs> singing with no words coming out. <laughs> well, that's a that's irony. Adam, uh, <laughs> that's, ir- that's irony right there. Either that, way, actually, I'm fascinated by that story. I just want you to know, like, don't you think? Not a long way to go to. Don't you love how? Well, we, we put them into proper context. History tried to erase. I knew it. Look, they're doing it now. <laughs> Peach is crying. No, no, no! It can't be. A lot of professionals do this live. And then Mega Man runs in. They're not real. <laughs> <laughs> I sang the mega song. Don't forget my number. Oh my god. Either way, King Koopa says, blame it on me. So you... <laughs> Fuck the rain. So it's really bad when they didn't sing that. Uh, anyway, he tractor beams the duo to the ship, I guess, to see what they were doing on stage instead of singing. They warp home while Cootie sizes up her new boy toys. Okay, then Millie Vanilla, who get to voice themselves. Hey, who's behind this Mondo Bizarro yoke? Yeah, we got the concert to play. Goody demands a private show, or she'll turn them into accountants. Look, look, Miss Monster, we don't have our backup bands. Uh, the, <laughs> the Mario crew <laughs> infiltrates as the backup band. Toad says, It's time to rock and roll! They all put on sunglasses and that Jamaican hat with dreads coming out. You see it Halloween. Boo. Rather than be horribly offended, the singers recognize the group from their concert. Wow, they have great eyes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Can't take that away from him. Cootie, distracted by how fast her tantrum worked, uh, turns Millie Vanilli back, and they all jam to, Girl, you know it's true. Ooh, ooh. Cootie, no wonder you're so famous. Everyone makes a break for it, but Bowser's happy they're gone, so it doesn't do anything. Hmm. What a mess. Yeah. Well, that's better than their appearance on Sister Kate. Long lost sitcom they appeared on. They got around pretty quick and then fizzled out super hard. Sister Kate. Oh yeah, that was a show with a with a uh hip hip to it nun that like <laughs> didn't take none of the orphans right. flack. She was ahead of the game. Right. Jason Priestley was one of the orphans. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the lady was Kate somebody. In, oh, in, in real life. Uh, but there was a Jamaican kid, and he was the adorable little one. I remember the this. The sitcom's lost in time, but I remember because Millie Vanilli showed up. It's lost like Dr. Doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like one season, two. If if USA still had reruns, it would be on it. Mm. Uh, so Super Mario Brothers 3 is a show. I don't know if this needed to be coined 3. I think we could have just kept it the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. That's just weird. Seems a little hoary. It is hoary. I mean, but they were being hoary at the time. That's when the Power Glove horation was going on. Yeah, but I, yeah, I can't really argue the popularity of uh, Mario 3, so it kind of deserved its own show. Yeah. That's just such a weird way to <laughs> it's be like, it's like the game. <laughs> it's a little lazy. Try the game. I've also just never been a fan of the Super Mario Brothers cartoon universe. Really? Something about it. Well, I mean, you know... I don't know! <laughs> the Lou Albano one was like... it was kind of, I like that was, part. It was his own thing. Like... That was self-contained, so it didn't matter. That, that, that's is, is the Captain Lou Albino live-action superior to the live-action Bob Hoskins Mario? Yeah, What's your yeah, preferred yeah. Mario? Mine would kind of be Captain Lou. That's Captain Lou, actually. Unfortunately. Yeah. Who would say no to that, Adam? Anybody? But no. I would pick uh, the John Leguizamo Luigi in a heartbeat. Arr. Yeah, yeah. Against a guy whose name I don't recall. <laughs> right. I, I recall Captain Other Luigi. guy. I think it was Tony Rosado, the guy that did the voice. I remember he struck me as being a little old to be Luigi, but... Yeah, and I recognized him from a Charles in charge. So I was like, well, this guy's making the syndicated rounds <laughs> so yeah that's a good point adam oh, best best live action mario he should have i think he should have died at the end of every episode to that music well anyway speaking of dying i see it's 9 30 you'd swear rick moranis was dead but he's not he just works in gravedale high gravedale high of our days and our nights. <laughs> oh man, you no, noticed. No. So 13 episodes of Hanna-Barbera Ghouliness. Mm. Move over, Drac Pack. There's a new ghoul school featuring another SCTV favorite, hot off the heels of of uh, Ghostbusters 2 and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It's yeah, Rick Moranis. Yeah. Hot off the heels. So Rick Moranis won't do movies, but he'll be in Gravedale High. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this had some other famous people in it. Oh, yeah. Well, Rick plays uh, Maxwell Schneider, who's the new teacher at the all-monster high school in Gravedale, a mostly cemetery suburb. He wears a bow tie perpetually. Yeah, and he's he's a real like wet blanket yeah. of a character. Sounds great, guys. Is a 
type of thing he would say. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like a slightly more aware version of his character from Ghostbusters. He reminds me of his character from Big Bully. Oh, right. Just some guy. Hmm. We're not getting good use of Rick Moranis, Max. but we're getting a lot of other people. Roger Rose plays the, uh, how would you describe the vampire Vinny? Hey! <laughs> Fonzie. <laughs> Yeah. But even better is Frank Welker as Frankentike. Frankentike. And he's kind of like... He's not really a tyke, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, he's and why is he older. in high school? Yeah. <laughs> is he just, it's because he was made of kid parts. He finally got to play Frank. But the worst part about him is that he's just Bart Simpson. Mm, interesting. What are you talking about, man? Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even catch that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's all I could think about. It's like, and, uh, you know, Bart Simpson's here. And then you got Sid, the Invisible Man, who you can see his mouth and tongue, which is uh, unsettling. Oh, that's right. It's unsettling. And he usually doesn't wear pants. Ah. Uh, and he's voiced by uh, Maurice LaMarche, so he does a lot of impressions. Nice. Um, and. <laughs> that's right. It, it still keeps going, folks. This cast is crazy. Yeah. Can I say the next one? Yeah. Ricky Lake. <laughs> the role sucks. <laughs> She plays, uh, does she play Cleopatra? A big fat mummy. Yeah, named, isn't that cruel? Named Cleopatra. But they call her Cleo. Was she a fat baby? Was, <laughs> did they wrap her fat? Yeah, yeah. Is she fat? When she... <laughs> Is she made of bones? Yeah, yeah no, nah, I don't know. <sighs> Who's ever heard of a fat mummy? I, no. bet, I bet the stars keep coming, though. Yeah, but it also has some other crazy people like. A future stuntman that, stunt that would go on to play horror movie villain. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Jackie Earl Haley yeah. is in a horrible role as, almost as bad as Freddy Krueger, as <laughs> lagoon creature Surfer Bro Gill. Yeah. If you can wrap your mind around a Surfer Bro character, oh man. Yeah, I heard that this is what got him the role of Rorschach. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just got him nothing. They're like, I remember you from Gravedale High. <laughs> you must be high psycho. It keeps going. Sherry Belafonte plays Southern wow. Belle Mall Zombie Blanche. Oh, wow. There's one more famous comedian shows up. Uh... There's a couple more people. Kimmy Robertson is the Valley Medusa Doozer. She sounds like a whore. Uh, teachers included Headmistress Crone, who's George Brown, Coach Cadaver, Hey-o. Jonathan Winters, yes, and uh, Mr. Tutner, who's Tim Curry. Interesting. He did a lot of cartoon and, work. And uh, we also can't forget uh, big nerd werewolf, uh, Barry Gordon Donatello. Hmm. <laughs> and their bus looks like a hearse. <laughs> Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when, I, so when I was a kid, I think the first actor I realized was in movies I liked was Rick Moranis. So mm-hmm. I was super psyched to watch Rick Moranis in Gravedale High. Within the first two minutes, I changed the channel. Did you? I did not watch yeah. more than a couple. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because Rick Moranis isn't scared. He's not terrified to be in Gravedale High at all. This should be a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this should be like when Scooby and Shaggy went to the ghoul school. They just screamed the whole time. Don't get out here. There's no laugh track. This uh, show could use a laugh track, but you picked up <laughs> you picked up on the subtle Happy Days kind of vibe it has. I think Welcome Back Cotter is a better 
Yeah, it's a, a little bit of formation to welcome back, Hodder. Welcome back, Rotter. You know, um, so, I don't know. They've also got a, they got a limo driver named Boneyard, who is an undertaker. You know, there's so many characters on this, and they yeah, do nothing. There's nothing. Uh, there must have been uh, character sheets for days, you know? I don't really have anything about the episode here, though, because I just think it was kind of unremarkable. Yeah, I, I made it through one. It was brutal. I watched Night of the Living Dad. Um, it's the school talent show episode, so uh, Sid is doing his super relevant Elvis impersonation, uh, and JP attempts to saw his act in half. Uh, Vinny's band Stage Fright is eyeing to be the next Menudo. Uh, Max is excited to finally uh, meet some of the monster's parents. Uh, Frankentike mutters, Don't count on it, man! At lunch, uh, Frankentike reveals his secret to Gil. Uh, which we don't hear. And he gives Frankentech the idea to build a less embarrassing father. Uh, so in the science lab, they, uh, you know, they drop the genius brain. It's just like Frankenstein. Uh, and they grab one more at the monster store that just says agent on it. So something funny is going to happen. One lightning storm later, and they have uh, this really dumb Franken-agent <laughs> type character. Hiya, sweetheart! <laughs> Uh, so all the dumb monsters are preparing their stupid acts, um, and in walks this loudly dressed Franken agent, Dad Man, and it's revealed Tyke's dad is a Hollywood agent now, and uh, those surprise, they they leave him immediately to go rehearse. Franken agent annoyingly talks on the phone and makes rude suggestions. I think it's a little anti-Semitic. Uh, they also. <laughs> Uh, Tyke's new agent dad gives him a stylish makeover. You look good, Bubba, and fills his head with delusions of grandeur. <laughs> the two Franken jerks alienate everybody around them, and Gil reveals to Max the idiotic plot. Opening night, and we see Sid slash Elvis being chastised by his invisible parents, mm. who also do impersonations and go from the honeymooners to all in the family. Wow, it's nineteen ninety. <laughs> everyone, everyone looks like they're. <laughs> There's three good ones. Everyone looks like their parents, but we spend zero time with them. Uh, Tyke is now dressed like meatloaf. Gross. And he hits the stage with help from Frank and Ari Gold. And the band quits. Fuck you, they say. Tyke Tyke dies on stage. But a lone bravo comes from Tyke's father. A human. They all realize, oh yeah. Frankenstein's got it human dad <laughs> i love you man they make that realization i wish and they all like they all i go, just realized guys they actually all laugh at him he's like <coughs> he's literally like i don't care man <laughs> then they sing we're a monster band and they are i assume they lost the talent show <laughs> um so yeah kind of uninspired i give it two stars two bones because it's not uh you know it's it's underwhelming and (coughs) there's just no spark there's no energy to it (laughs) and you know it's it's not it's not it's not a blast it's not like honey i shrunk the kids fun i think they waste that vocal that vocal talent is the is the worst sin of all they do they do stock characters yeah um it's just one congeal fest. Uh, it's open winners. You know what? But also, like Camp Candy, I bet if they made this live action, it'd be funny. <laughs> Interesting. They that would have been only worked. In, that would have only worked in nineteen ninety. But 
they missed their chance. Now you couldn't do Grave Deal High in live action, but at that time, Cop Rock was, had just happened. and any, any, <laughs> Everything was a good idea. Yeah, anything was possible. <laughs> the world. Um, do So, my question about Gravedale High as a school is, do transfers come from the hospital? Do you have to die? I guess. Or be a monster? I, I just don't understand how monsters uh, sign up for school. <laughs> All the dead people make sense. There's a lot of zombies. You just know. <laughs> How do you know? Why, and why, what are they there to learn? They send out a mailer. If they're just there to learn, like... I'm just worried this is too much just like the groovy ghoulies. Yeah. Minus the cool part. Yeah. It's like that anime where the kid goes to the Monster High School. I think it's called Monster High School. Uh, but... I, I they have a monster high school now, like on Disney Channel. Or something. Oh no, shit! <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, watch this show. No, <laughs> nah, don't. And I'm sure Rick Moranis will probably agree with me, but I say no. He's remained silent on his Gravedale High work, so <laughs> I assume he? it didn't quite get to par. He hasn't um, said anything. That's amazing. Uh, but even, I guess that's the last of Gravedale High. Anything else to say? Speaking of low effort. Nah, <laughs> oh, good. Nah, I was just segueing you into the next one. <laughs> Speaking of no hey, effort. Hey, low effort, but a lot of heart. 10 o'clock, it's kidding play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the hip-hop group. It's the guys that did the kickstep, and they'll remind you every 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so 13 episodes of Kid and Play were made by the Marvel people. Again. You know, Marvel's first efforts, what was the... You know, it was like Muppet Babies, right? Oh, was that it? It was, was early. It, was it Muppet Babies? I remember we just encountered it recently, but uh, this was one of their early failures right here. <laughs> um, this is just a, a, an attempt to bring a property to the, to the screen, and uh, wow. Okay, we've seen this happen before, but... <laughs> right, Adam? So, different degrees of uh, failure. Seldom. So, so this is a teenage versions of the very positive hip hop duo who appear in live action wraparounds and then the cartoons are always trying to, you know, amass a get rich quick scheme and they get into trouble and their girlfriends or the wise elderly blues musician Old Blue has to help them out. Blues musician. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Uh this is about hip hop. Oh yeah, 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 okay. I just got lost. Uh, So it's starring Chris Reed and Chris Martin as Kid and Play in the live action parts. But the voices are not them. Another tradition. I was going to say that is not them in the cartoon. It's Brian Stokes, Mitchell, and Chris Hooks. Just like New Kids on the Block, they couldn't be bothered. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Also, J.D. Hall, Tommy Davidson, Martin Lawrence, Rain Pryor, Eliana Reed, Cree Summer, and uh, old favorite Susan Blue. Yeah, hey, from from uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Seven. <laughs> oh, that's right. Stabbed in the back. <laughs> um, so it's nineteen ninety. Kid and Play just released Funhouse and the single uh, "Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody." Ain't um, gonna hurt nobody. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a thing. This is a show where uh, the art is subpar and the backgrounds are worse than that. Oh, dig it uh, into the art really quick. I'm sorry. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's not that great. You know. You, well, di- 
do they look like kid in play yes yes okay they do i'll give you that how do the the, the animation movement how would you describe them yeah. <laughs> natural yeah. or spastic you can kind of tell that this is one of marvel's first efforts here they are there's weird bursts of let's show some actual contemporary dance moves yeah and then they give it to somebody to animate with four drawings <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so and again adam they've great given, intent they've given him a dog again oh of course yeah there's a dog what's the dog's name though he's got is a, it mm? he's got a mohawk <laughs> yeah the, in, kid in play. he's in apostrophe <laughs> in apostrophe kid no in i don't know why he has a mohawk but he does and uh also by the way I don't have much on this show except uh, oh, the, I got great deeds. It's got really terrible volume levels. Like I was gonna say that too. Uh, <laughs> the copy I looked at was wildly inconsistent. I don't know if it's because there could only be horrible copies of this show available. Yeah, it's like the music is way too loud and the voices are way too low. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's not very good all around. Well, here's okay. So, yeah, did you <laughs> which episode did you watch? Well, let me first let me preface. Uh, the episode in my outro on Kid and Play with this uh, story about uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Now, House Party comes out in 1990, but before that, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince did Nightmare on My Street, uh, which is a song featuring pretty much a sample of the full theme to Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. So they just plopped that in a song and uh, they sued the crap out of them. Oh, really? So, I didn't know that. But they liked it anyway, so they were like, you guys got talent, How maybe we could get talent out of you, i.e. different money. Uh, so part of the uh, settlement was that they had to pay them some money, but they offered them two scripts, one of which was the House Party script, which almost starred DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Whoa. But they weren't doing uh, movies back then and Kid and Play attached to the No shit. And it became the thing that they'd be most known for. I agree. Although, I haven't really seen a House Party. I'm more of a class act fan. (laughs) Class act! I've seen them, you know. (laughs) Is there a third one? Yeah. Not, Not House Party, but a third film series they're known for house party class act and what's the other one uh, no i don't I'm, I'm not aware of a third one i know Pete, the the big pizza mystery oh no way that's mary kate and ashley i know the, th- the third uh, house party had the guy from david from the real world that, that pulled the quilt off the lady remember that and um also they lean on what's his name uh john uh Forrest, forrester or uh, uh-huh. god i think that's his name um and uh hmm uh well i watched the pilot plays place uh where live action kid and play right up to a dilapidated building which play ascertains has a lot of promise but kid reminds him of an old cartoon flashback <laughs> remember this okay so play is hitting on his sister's friends while kid uses a dog with a camera on its head to spy from a <laughs> why are they doing this from a kid and play van uh exposed and unwanted uh plays tossed into the van by the angry girls and they drive off with the dog still on top hitting shit uh and it reveals the dog's mohawk 
pretty cool. Yeah. The dog crushes their buddy Jazzy, who's driving, and they bump into their pal DJ Wiz, taking a dump. Who's? Um, oh, that's their DJ. I just remembered. Okay, so this all ties together. Yeah. Uh, he's mixing invisible turntables for fun. They sort of dance together. But it looks like they're just having a hard time moving until Play has the great idea to have a show. So they put up, uh, they put up uh, posters to the song "Stay in School," <laughs> but Play admits to Kid there is no show. He just wanted to secure some dates and didn't really book a venue. Meanwhile, three bullies called the Mean Machine right. have it on mind to ruin Kid and Play's musical extravaganza. I think they're featured kind of in House Party, right? You remember, Are they? You remember there's three bullies? That, we don't like house parties. They dress the same way, too, with the... How's a club supposed to make money? Sleeveless workout shirts. And stuff. They look like that, yeah, and there's one hot babe. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a reoccurring theme here, which is that play is kind of a, a jerk, mm-hmm. and uh, kid is the more responsible one. Come on, man! You know, <laughs> Wait, that's Franken type. Because I just Franken yeah. play. Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so meanwhile, uh, play lied about uh, landing a venue at all, uh, but luckily, old blue points them to an abandoned venue nearby, where we flash back to the '40s for a jazzy second. The show really wants to say there's kind of history going on and then not really tell you that much. Move on. <laughs> Meanwhile, the mean machine calls the fire department. Kid and plays music brings the house down. Right. Even though the girls are real impressed for a second, the firemen end up hosing down the bullies. Live action kid and play bump into Spinderella in an alley nice. and boast about their new acquisition. We see a boom mic. Ah, are you serious? <laughs> my my last note. You, you told me at some point there'd be a boom mic. <laughs> Bad sound mix. Wow. Which can happen. Uh, <laughs> but that stinks. That's great. Um, so funny postscript. Um, so in an interview, uh, Kid Play remarked. Uh, what went down at the time was that we got the cartoon series first with NBC. First rappers to ever have a cartoon, he explained. Uh, okay. We also had a sitcom deal with NBC at the time, and we were developing that. So we were heading down that road, developing it with producers, about to hire people. And NBC came and said, we want to do the sitcom, but we want to cancel the cartoon series. They were, of course, trying to get rid of all the cartoons and have NBC made live action shit like Saved by the Bell. And stuff huh, like that. Interesting. Phasing out cartoons, period. Well, we were so disappointed by that because we're OGs. We came up on cartoons. So for us, becoming cartoons was a big deal. That's great. And we were really upset that they were talking about canceling the cartoons. So we told them, and this is probably one of the dumber things we ever did. <laughs> we do not want to do a night show with you now. We do not want to do no sitcom. If you cancel that cartoon, then you cancel us. We'll go elsewhere. What? So they hedged all of their bets on this soggy wet cartoon oh my god that's not very good no and then the premise for that sitcom which would have been play coming to live with his rich cousin in bel-air uh-uh it was gonna be fresh prince He's the fresh prince of bel-air their careers cross paths again that's amazing that's how that goes they moved on and they put will in that spot we made a mistake <laughs> the end it is the show oof Oh, now I feel bad you're right 
it's it, yes it's not good but you can yeah it's 1990 i can see them not knowing which one which way to go but can you imagine another world they were trying to be where know. play is an independence day and it's independent play <laughs> and there's a one season animated version of DJ Jazzy Jess and the Fresh Prince. Whoa. That people remember being horribly animated. What a bizarro world that would be. That is exactly a bizarro world. Wow. They, and then get... uh, then that, that new live action Aladdin genie would have a really high haircut. Yeah, like, maybe. Like, um, yeah. They also had the Ratmobile on here, by the way. I just want to throw that in. Oh, is that what their van was called? The Ratmobile, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did anyone ever spray paint an E on it? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. Zingo Wingo. So you know that's that's a lot about this. Like, but it, but what mm. happened? What happened is they they rolled hard on cartoons. They were like, we're going with cartoons, yeah. and then what they got was watered down tripe. Um, you know, like yeah. for for instance, Adam, the episode I watched was about like they were trying to go to a show, so they had to get a job. And so they went and they got a job at a pizza place. I knew you were going to say pizza. Yeah, and they're making the funniest pizzas. funniest job of all. And all Play does is flake off. You know what I'm saying? Into he's the crust? Jerk. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then Kid makes all the pizza, right? And they're not having enough customers, so Play makes a uh, unauthorized all-you-can-eat-for-three-dollar special. And like a, a million people come in and... and kid can't make enough pizzas and they get in trouble play forgets how money works yeah so you see but you see, what i'm the reason i'm pointing out this lame plot is because god look what they stuck them with they let everything ride on this and they got stories about them making pizza Ugh. it's such a it's yeah. messed up it's messed up it's weird it, it is it is ahead of its time and behind the time at the same time so yeah it's yeah I to feel, shatter the year open. I feel bad that they stood up for cartoons and this is what happened. I know. It must really suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anywho, things got to keep moving. Uh, 10.30, chipmunks go to the movies. And it's okay. They aren't exterminated. <laughs> season season 8 of 8 of the Alvin and the Chipmunks 80s series. The final one. Uh, the Deke and Bagdasarian production come together in this final chipmunk season <laughs> where they're right. like, fuck it. How about they just do movie parodies? Because they were headed towards it in the previous season, right? Yeah, I feel like we watched a, a rerun of uh, I think, I think one the of chipmunks our... go to the movies before with the Back to the Future parody they did. Yeah, well, you remember uh, I th- we did like 1989, I mm-hmm. think, and the chipmunks were already doing Moonlighting. Oh yeah, they were so, they were already finding excuses to just yeah. change the subject because they didn't know what else to say. Yeah, I think me, me and Adam uh, watched the same one on this one, right? Yeah, the big parody. Yeah, because I knew it would be horrifying. It's called Bigger. Ah! It was written by Diane Dixon. <laughs> Here's her phone number because <laughs> she wrote, "Alvin wins a new bike on the radio for the twelfth time, and the monks sing, I want to be big.'" In their in-film band, The Furballs. The Furballs. You know what I love about their shirts that say The Furballs? They're always standing slightly to the left, so it just says, F-U ball. <laughs> uh, si- Furballs, two words. <laughs> I mean, three words total. They don't even have the, it just says F-U balls. Furb. <laughs> uh, Simon laments no record producer will ever hire eight-year-olds. Doesn't remember the Jackson 5. And their rejection letter... 
cites lack of experience because they don't want that when they hire young talent. Are you kidding me? They've been playing for <sighs> seven years. Oh yeah, this is but in the world of bigger, uh, they're just not hot. They're cold diarrhea. Uh, Alvin insists that they try out for the county fair, but are told to come back when they're adults. They're talking chipmunks. It's a miracle. Anyway, uh, Alvin makes a wish on a magic jukebox and is transformed into a gross, huge, shaggy-haired adult chipmunk. It is horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's gross. He's in it. His shirt turns into a midriff shirt like a oh. Matthew McConaughey from uh, Days and Confused. Oh, I just figured out he looks like Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. Except, yeah, he's got the same big bushy <laughs> hair and then a midriff shirt. It's ugh. But it's Nightmare Fuel. Yes. Because here's what, here's what this says. They're going to get this big one day. Ooh. No. You don't want to put it that it, yeah. Put that down. <laughs> They're going to kill Dave and take just, over his body. He looks like a freak. He looks stretched out like yeah. uh, Mike TV at the end of Willy Wonka and the Jogger. And he's riding a tiny bike. It's, it's horrifying. Oh, yeah. There's some crotch yeah, shots. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Thank God he wasn't wearing his typical big sweater and junk came out he's walking yeah. around with a tiny sweater on no <laughs> pants <laughs> that's a great point <laughs> yeah he was wearing cars his, crashing luckily he was wearing his fur balls uniform which yeah consists of pants yeah Whew, thank god uh, but yeah right and then theodore and simon run away screaming rightfully so <laughs> they're like what is that the scary Alvin then asks uh, clueless Dave for some cash and clothes, which Dave yeah. does because he always gives out to the homeless. Well, Dave's like, okay, sir, I don't know you, but... Uh, I can d- tell you need it or something. He doesn't recognize. So altruistic, it's insane. He's not like, well, you're a big monster, but you kind of look like the three living, hey, breathing, Dave. talking animals in my house. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. He's not like, look, another chipmunk person. And... Alvin's voice didn't change. And what would it have changed to? Oh, hey, he's been sound. He's been <laughs> a sound, me, man, sound man on their voices for 50 years. <laughs> they could have slowed it down a little. Hello, Dave. They should have given him the hey, original voice. With me. <laughs> I'm all uh, grown up. Yeah. Mace. Uh, the trio go to the Babes concert because they don't need no adults anymore. Yeah, yeah. And the Babes are the Chipettes, and they're singing the Girls of Rock and Roll from the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie, A Chipmunk Adventure. It's not great. I love that song. Do you? The Girls of Rock I, and Roll. It's not. It's not the best song in uh, A Chipmunk Adventure, but I don't mind that sequence because it's way better animated than it's any business being. Is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the chipmunks moving to the point where that's that's almost as disturbing as a stretched out adult Alvin with genitals. <laughs> it's better. It's better than human that. genitals. <laughs> Adam, Adam, don't you think this this is the most a- adult the chipettes have ever looked? Here, yes, though. I was like, Brittany needs to put on some decent clothes. Yeah, yeah. Who who said that's fine? I guess they're playing adult characters, maybe? The babes. Uh, yes, they are, yeah. They're playing the babes from the sitcom but Babes, the three overweight women. It's, it's like you said, they've, they've nigh rotoscoped it. 
you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's a lot. I think they must have used maybe some animated cues from the movie That's too. That's amazing. I wasn't paying. Close you know what? Attention. It's it the the intro to the show looks good because I think they oh the theme song part of the show. Yeah, yeah. I think that part's gorgeous. Yeah, it looks really good. It's nigh rotoscope too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're like, moving all kinds of yeah. There's, there's, it's long. It's fluid. It's too long for oh, a TV show. Oh, it's very long. It's a very long opening theme song. Interesting, though. This is all interesting. You it's know. not bad, though. I kind of like it. <laughs> Shit monks at the movies. No matter. Yeah, it goes there's on. A, there's a third verse. You know, whoa. Hey, now the credits of the movie come on. It's a shame. It's a shame, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, adult Alvin falls into a job in the music biz, schmoozing with agents, and ditches his brothers who sigh he's becoming an adult asshole uh, so alvin signs an all-girl samoan rap group and fires a plumbing themed group another plumbing musical thread uh simon and theodore visit alvin's toy filled office and alvin name drops for a while but the boys have to go to their little league game leaving poor rich working alvin alone boo-hoo Alvin suggests the Furballs send in a demo so they can all hang out again. So uh, they sing I Love Rock and Roll, even though it's a song that's already been sung. Yeah, yeah. Alvin begins to tire of all the adult responsibilities and wants to sing songs other people wrote. Uh, <laughs> after, after changing the babes into a baby-themed group, the babies. What? Gross. Gross. Alvin, Alvin puts down the F.U. Balls demo, stating they sound like children, animals, Mostly children. The babes hate their new look, and the video shoot goes crazy, leaving adult Alvin crying like a baby adult. Later, uh, adult Alvin finds himself on the milk carton. That part's disturbing. (laughs) So he calls Dave, because he's a jerk. Dave doesn't recognize his very recognizable voice, and just hangs up rather than get more information. Then Alvin is fired, and his brothers are too busy to console him. Yeah. Uh, with the jukebox gone, Alvin cries about being an adult forever, which so that's what happens. And then through a bunch of dumb convenience, he manages to trigger the jukebox wherever else it is. And, and everything, everything goes normal. And then he apologizes to his fellow FU balls. Yeah. And then... And, um... And by the way, this, this feels longer while you're watching it than big, the movie itself doesn't it <laughs> it feels longer than big <laughs> and there's so much going on it's it's a dystopian alvin future well then they gotta go play the birthday party yeah but adam you know so then it continues and what the whole thing was a movie we're reminded oh yeah yeah for some reason the three minute opening theme song doesn't really nail it on chipmunks at the movies yeah so we have to have a bumper a wraparound rather where they're like that was great we should see a movie starring us based on this very situation it's lower quality than the rest of the show when did they make that (laughs) their lives are so rich so adam this is uh if you're looking at the the chipmunks different iterations where does this fall on your list like you know, I'm saying like the 50s one and then... The, I'd put the, the original <laughs> start of the 80s. I think the 80s, like the Chuck Jones Christmas special through is top tier. Then the 50s Alvin show, just because it's really weird. Then this. Then mm-hmm. the new ones. <laughs> okay, okay. Wait, I guess there were those... Uh, they made one where they meet the Wolfman or whatever in between... Mm-hmm. Go to the movies and the new Nickelodeon Alvin show. You know, 
I want to say two things about this. Uh, one, I think this season eight may actually be better than season seven. Sure. And <laughs> this is at least this at least is something. Also, after this episode, I had to take a nap. <laughs> really? You're just like Jesus. <laughs> it drained me. Because the notes you take are crazy on this. You're just like, and then yeah. ugh, because it's yeah. also weird. It is, yeah. And after I watched this, it just drained me. I was like, oh my god, that was so weird. Like. It just seeing just seeing such an entire episode of that weird adult album that shouldn't be, yeah, know, and the and, and it, the and the plot flies too. There's so much that happens to it, and him. it's a parody of Big, but it kind of not. Yeah, it loses <laughs> track of that. It, it turns into that thing you do. It turns into Demolition Man or something. I don't even. I don't even know. Like a Demolition Monk. It's way too much. It's extra. Um. <laughs> Yeah, for yeah, for twenty minutes. It's low on my list. It's low on my list of chipmunk interpretations. Um, you know, there's better films that chipmunks could have gone to the movies, and these were my picks: mm. a chipmunk orange, <laughs> uh, old monk boy, welcome to the monk house, the shape of monk water, uh, a Serbian monk, and uh, we need to talk about Alvin. Oh God, no! Dear God, no! Uh, hope that's cool the uh, humanity dave <laughs> well at least he didn't take my lunch hmm. okay. oh those chipmunks uh anyway forget about those awkward people in you, high school i think if you can forget about adult alvin there's some more awkward people in high school 11 o'clock it's saved by the bell yeah and this is the meat of it season two i guess technically it's three. time it's time for the tennis shoe to spin on your screen <laughs> maybe a palm oh my tree. sunglasses flamingo with sunglasses yeah season two of four can you name the cast do you think without note what you mean their characters no the uh, people playing the, the characters <laughs> elizabeth berkeley uh <laughs> tiffany amber theason um Screech's real name is uh um, with a D. Uh Dustin uh Diamond. And then Zach is um Mark Paul Gaslighter. Mark, Mark Paul Gosler. And then there's uh Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez and Alright. Susan Blue. <laughs> no, no. Lark Voorhees. Oh right, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I made those psycho noises from the classic film Friday the Thirteenth. Lark Voorhees. Very, excellent. And Dennis Haskins as, as Belding. Mr. Belding. Right. Um. Dustin Diamond's not very cool. <laughs> but you know, man, to get Dustin Diamond, uh, at least two thousand dollars. Any any level of appearance starts with two thousand dollars. Oh, 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 oh. So he's just happy with 2k um so uh say by the bell love it everybody watched it nobody talked about it uh we'll have to talk about this so many times but uh season mm-hmm. two it, to me has one of the most important say by the bell episodes jesse's song oh really oh <laughs> Because, you know, I watched the documentary to go along with this. Oh, no. Which one? The one Dustin Diamond wrote? Did he write it? It's based on his book, Behind the Bell. Or no, what? this features everybody. Oh, This no. one did. Oh, that's so. cool. Yeah. yeah. So everybody but Dustin, maybe. No, he's actually in here talking a little bit. Okay. You know, believe it or not. 
But uh, they talked about this episode and how much it comes up. Oh, good. You know what I mean? Well, in case you don't know, Jesse's song is uh, the episode where Jesse, um, (laughs) she's not doing speed. She's doing caffeine. But same thing. It sort of happens in a special episode sort of way. But let's walk through it real quick. If you haven't seen it. (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't seen any episode of Saved by the Bell. See this Jesse's song is a great episode to start with. Um, Zach lets us know that this week is our geometry midterm, so Jessie's chugging coffee to stay awake. She wants to get into Stanford. Uh, Slater says it's a shame she wasn't born a man. She says the same thing back. (laughs) Oh my god. Sparks. Suddenly Kelly and Lisa serenade Jessie with I'm so excited. (laughs) Turned on. Zach says he knows a record producer what are you doing here? Uh, but Jesse's busy with homework, so she's not interested. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jess in class, Jesse gets a C on her test and loses it. She's never going to get into Stanford. Oh, God. Zach and Screech secretly record the girls in the locker room by having Screech dress up as an Irish custodian Ugh. woman. <laughs> Back- An- another classic scene. Back at Jesse's, Zach interrupts the studying with news that he sent their private singing to a very interested <laughs> producer. Their bathroom tapes. <laughs> I sent your bathroom tapes. Sent your toilet tracks. To, uh, Slater finds Jesse's caffeine pills and is very concerned, but Jesse has to get into Stanford. Uh, so she takes more. Uh, at the max, Jesse harasses Mr. Belding, but he assures her she'll do fine and won't end up a loser like him. Jesse takes some more pills. Jesse has a day mirror. She'll have to go to Zach's College, Surf University. Oh, no. I demand to learn. Didn't they go to California U? <laughs> is that where it is? Yeah, it was When the they're same. standing at the edge of was, tomorrow, but today? Well, it was the same college as Buffy, I think. Uni- oh, no, university. Sunnydale? Uni- well, Buffy went to UC Sunnydale. Oh, okay. and, uh, same acronym. They went to the California University. So I always wondered if Tiffany Amber Thiessen showed up. Like with both teams. Oh wow! What would they call her? I'd love to see them on their other shows. They'd be like Kelly, Kelly. You're, you're right. I mean, yeah, it'd be really funny. Uh, After (laughs) Zach says the producers want to see a music video. This sounds like a weird setup for a porno that you don't know you're making. And then he tells them the name of their band is going to be Hot Sunday. So their next question should be: Are we peeing on anything in this video? So, but instead they put on spandex and bounce on trampolines. It's actually amazing. Uh, the producer is coming to the max to meet them the same day as the midterm. So, of course, Slater finds Jesse's stash. She tells him to fuck off. Speedy Jesse scares her friends, but finishes her test. Slater lays Jesse's drug problem on Zach. The girls perform at practice, and Jesse wakes up the next evening spent, suddenly out of nowhere. And that's when she has epic breakdown with Zach, <laughs> where she is in fact so excited that she is scared yeah <laughs> then zach relays a completely unrelated story about taking their bikes to cet which i always remembered because the scenes performed probably better than the any best. other in the series <laughs> like uh it's a really good episode because it's the, it's all the right things it's cheesy they tried that's always fun um, and then I read in this excerpt from J- uh, Elizabeth Berkeley's book. Whoa. Um, Deep cut. <laughs> Today, when I meet fans of the show, Jesse's song is almost always the episode that comes up first. Right. It made right. a big impression on them, but it's sometimes laughed at now. 
lets a lot of people look back and say, wait a minute, caffeine pills? Really? And to be sure, when you watch the scene where Zach discovers Jesse's addiction and intervenes, a lot of people did say, along with Dustin Diamond years later, that Jesse was acting more like an heroin addict. (laughs) What fans don't know is that when I originally wrote the episode with Tom Tenowich, Jesse was hooked on speed, not caffeine pills. Oh my god. With standards and practices in the sensorial... Sensorial department at NBC vetoed it, saying speed was too serious for Saturday mornings. Berkeley carried it. Uh, Tom Tenowich did. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I insisted that we need to start dealing with more important issues. Wow. And also, uh, they did deal with weed on an episode. Sure, an outsider came in and decided to smoke, but it's not like they avoided it. Hmm. But standards and practices wasn't budging. Uh, what if she gets hooked on caffeine pills? Someone, oh. I don't remember who, suggested. They said, yeah, okay. <laughs> we kept the episode virtually the same, but swapped out the speed. I wasn't pleased about it at all. Stim you crank. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Nevertheless, during the taping, the live audiences was absorbed like never before. Kids were sitting on the edge of the seats. So there was an audience during that scene. Whoa. I mean, I, I remember the audience. Uh, the scene was so good that ultimately we wanted to use it instead of any toned down version. And uh, that's a pretty good one. The idea that there is a toned down version out there. Hey, mm. stop taking that speed. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Well, I'm, I'm kind of scared. scared. <laughs> hey, remember that uh, time we spoke? <laughs> Mac and me? I'm really aware. No, I think it was AT. E.T. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fun behind the scenes fun with the fun saved by the fun bell. Fun. On speed. Yeah. Uh, Less fun, finally. (laughs) 11.30, the guys next door. Now, what did did you think this was? I kept thinking like, oh, it's probably about three goobers living in an apartment building or something. What I pictured in my head, I thought it was like a kids in the hall, low budget kids in the hall. Okay. That's probably closer than what I thought. Uh, This is 13 episodes of the NBC Studios' Cute Boys Who Sing and Perform Comedy Show in a ripoff of New Kids on the Block uh, with sketches, uh, mostly kind of blandy songs and lots of jokes about overacting. uh, Starring Patrick J. Dancy, Eddie Garcia, Bobby Leslie, Damon Sharp, and Chris Wolf uh, as the boy band The Guys Next Door. That Chris Wolf? No. <laughs> um, yeah, they're pretty much a ripoff of New Kids. They are, they except are. I think the New Kids had individual personalities. So these guys were all kind of like, "Hey, I'm just, we're all in this band." NBC was like, "We could make our own New Kids and make a new show at the same time, right?" Yeah, it's like they were trying to pull a monkeys. Yeah, oh yeah, you you mentioned that at one point, Adam, and uh, I agree. That's a great point. They never actually the only home base. Like, the monkeys had some sort of sense of, like, starting point. And they had differential characters. That's true. But these guys, like, in the first episode, the coolest band ever appears in their kind of junky bedroom to let us know that Boogie the Dancing Pig has been canceled. And they're interrupting the airwaves. And we get to hang out with these jabronis. Dude. Uh, they break they break into cheap, awful uh, a theme song. Uh, it's the guys next door. We like to party. <laughs> uh, one of the guys needs some cash, and one of them suggests that they take naked photos of their sister. We tried that, remember? What? 
The assholes. That really happens. That really happens. <laughs> the assholes agreed to film themselves for America's Funniest Home Videos, but then they just filmed themselves singing about it while holding camcorders and catcalling women on the street. And they kind of lace in a little bit of a Funniest Home Videos like scenes real quick. Did you know? Did oh yeah, you see it's like that? dream on. Like every now and then they'll be like, "Well, I never." And you see somebody get hit in the crotch. Don't. Yeah. Got any pie? Uh, it's so, like you're not already getting hit in the crotch watching it. Then we cut to a sketch called Robopop, who beats up the school bully, the science teacher, and puts that bitch mom in her place. Then it's fashion police. He threw the mom out the window. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. That'll shut her up. A he, fa- ki- he killed people. <laughs> then a fashion police sketch with funny accents, but it's mostly just cruel footage of fat ladies. <laughs> yeah, it's them making fun of real people, like that are overweight. It's just, oh, yeah, it's like overweight people just kind of sitting around. And they're just it's like, insidious. don't do that. The new kids would never do that. You know, <laughs> well, I didn't even think that. about that. No, they would not. It, it was really disgusting. I would, I would not support it. I guess the fashion police are supposed to be jerks, but the joke is firmly on. I mean, I'm talking about they're filming people. The ladies. They're filming people without their consent. Oh, yeah, they're blurred faces. So yeah. where did they get this footage? No consent. That's what I'm saying. Weird. And then they're just like, look at these people, and they make fun of their them and their weight and all this and that. Like, what the? Did these five boys write these sketches? Yeah. Think? You can't like these kids. It's okay, impossible. so the, then there's a commercial for Flugel Boy jeans, and Ugh. this lady in a car yells to a hitchhiker, are those Flugel Boy jeans? He's like, oh, yes, they are. And then he's like, well, your zipper's down. Then we cut to a song outside of a club where the boys sing about a shirtless, muscular bouncer who won't let them in because no dweebs. The sign says. (laughs) Don't you think they should have just solved that problem with Mentos? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It looks like the beginning of a porn video. Yeah, a lot of this show looks like the beginning of a porn video. They pl- they play like all the parts too, but not in like a cute the state sort of way. No, it was not the kids and all. It was not the state. No, oh, no. oh man, now it's joke time. My date went bad last night when we went out for fish. Well, girls hate gutting fish on the first date. <laughs> Did he haw right there? That's a joke. I guess Archie wouldn't say that level of terrible joke cartoon archie now it's the archie bunker wouldn't say that either or up that's yeah, the, out there, it's, the, <laughs> it's the parent got a fish on the first date eh? <laughs> eat it it's the parent olympics <laughs> you know i remember nickelodeon commercials being funnier than parent olympics right dad right. throws the dishes and then mom picks them up because dear god your life sucks a dirty diapered baby relay Ooh, disgusting mom's t- purse toss and t- 200 yard nag the 200 yard nag is the only thing even close it's to being almost funny. a joke there Atta- and then okay so that fizzles out because no one cares and then attack of the all you can eat gang which are the boys wearing like crouton heads and then uh, they're stopped by superhero pizza guy. <clears throat> this should be pizza dude. Yeah. It's 1990. Mm-hmm. Huge mistake. Then luckily the rest of the episode is padded out with, I was made for you. <laughs> that was their hit song. I guess. I didn't really <laughs> recognize it at all. That was the one they actually put on vinyl. Put on. That's from their one album. Uh, so this makes Kids Incorporated look like Amadeus. Uh, 
originally the group uh they wanted a diverse amount of boy jailbait uh so early iterations of guys next door included two indian americans when focus groups reacted badly they got four white guys and a black dude oh my gosh success wow what a fun you've always got the real dirt on these shows adam that's the least fun fact and what a way to go out. Any other thoughts on the guys next door? It's the most corporate thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's pretty soulless. I don't look it up. Don't even. And again, you know, their manager should have been played by Colin Quinn. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're the guys next door, so you need to be in everybody's like house. So Everybody. we need to make it seem like everybody else is playing your music. With the doors. <laughs> Hope you like the doors. <laughs> so that's 1990. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. What a oh. long year. Uh, so we got a couple things to do. We got to do the uh, line, the winners of the lineup. Oh, right. Who reigned supreme. So we have Winnie the Pooh versus Muppet Babies versus Camp Candy versus Bobby's World. Muppet Babies. Yeah, I think I'd watch, watch that first. <laughs> I mean, Bobby's World's not bad. No, that's a close second. Yeah, two babies to pick from. I think in 1990, maybe I would go Bobby's World. Muppet. But don't worry, I can switch back because now it's Wizard of Oz versus Muppet Babies versus Captain N, the Game Master, versus Zazu You. So, no Zazu You. No Wizard of Oz. Looks like I'll be <laughs> turning on to Muppet Babies at that point. Mm-hmm. Nine o'clock. Uh, it's... Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. Season what? Three? <laughs> I don't even remember. And then was Ready to Go on after that? Hmm. I might have the wrong schedule here. Versus, uh, let's just do, we'll do uh, uh, Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters versus uh, Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 versus Tom and Jerry Kids. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm gonna go with Slimer just for the wraparound real uh, <laughs> episodes, right? That's it. There's got to be a good Ghostbuster in there. Yeah, and because there's two, right? Yeah, yeah, you got an hour of that, so you can choose uh, to keep watching Ghostbusters or turn to Rick Moranis and Gravedale High or watch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I'm gonna stick with Ghostbusters. Yeah, I might too. <laughs> and then we got. Beetlejuice versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Kid and Play versus the Pigsburg Pigs. Ninja Turtles. Oh man, Ninja Turtles. All day long. <laughs> <laughs> then it's New Kids on the Block versus more Ninja Turtles versus Chipmunks Go to the Movies versus Funhouse. Uh, uh, I'd probably watch Funhouse. Oh, really not? Yeah, I'm going to stick with Ninja Turtles. Yeah, more Turtles. <laughs> I've seen enough Funhouse. <laughs> Then we're down to just two that keep going. We got Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures versus Saved by the Bell. Uh, how about you go first, Adam? I I'd watch Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I would too. Nothing's worth watching that Bill and Ted's again. But then Pee Wee's Playhouse versus Guys Next Door. See you later, Guys Next Door. It's all about Pee Wee's Playhouse. All day long. Oh, man. What a jam-packed morning. Wow. So that's 1990. So now, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a month of our life. Oh, my God. All right, so now we got to use the random number generator to pick 
the next five to three to six shows. Who knows? Who knows? Give her a spin, doesn't he? All right, here we go, Adam. And uh, as usual, if we are if we've already done the year, we skip it. And maybe you'll never know how many times we messed up. Oh, we did that one. Oh, okay. One more time. Let's yep. let's roll again. That's not a year. <laughs> what the they didn't hell? have TV in four. <laughs> Sorry about that. Have we already done seventy-one? I'm not sure. Let me take a look. I don't think we did on Adam Fairland. Let's see. <laughs> We did some early 70. Let's see. Oh, you know. We did 75. All I gotta do is search for 71 on this computer. No, we have not done 71. Wait. No, yes, we have. <laughs> we have, Adam. Oh, thank you. Okay, let's spin it again. Let's spin the wheel. 1967. No, no, no. Sweet. Looks like it's 1967. All right, 1967, gang. That'll be fun. I. <laughs> It'll be uh, oh boy, lots of Beatles music. I hope. I don't know. It might be past the Beatles. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh boy, well, this has been an exhausting long month. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some more of these out to you soon. Um, I'm Adam Fair. You can find me at Adam Fairland on YouTube. Yeah, and uh, I'm Dusty Griffin. You can check me out at Dusty is Certifiable on the Gram. All right. At. It's built in right there. And uh, you can check out our whole Saturday morning database uh, where these episodes, the MP3s, and clips from these uh, preview specials and any kind of comic book ads. Yeah, anything we can find. You can find them all together. Hey, some of our fans have been great. Outrageous Mail 82 sent us, you know, a preview. We thank them all. But you can find all of that at every Saturday morning.fun. And we hope to see you there for your weird research paper, maybe, you're doing. <laughs> That'd be great. I love that. Till then, enjoy your weekend. We'll see you in 1967. Goodbye, folks. Yo, 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 yo,